You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It is Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. He's Meyer Metcalf. I'm Matt Jones. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We are enjoying a beautiful night here across America. A lot of sports going on, Little League World Series, baseball. We are 11 days from the official kickoff of the college football season, even though they now have a week zero, which will begin in four days. But the big story today, of course, is Kevin Durant. He's going to stay with the Nets. They've agreed to move forward after he had had a trade request. Durant met with the owner, Joe Sy, and they agreed to go forward. And Durant wanted Sy originally to choose between him and Steve Nash and Sean Marks, coach and the general manager. But now he will stay and everyone will move forward. Harrington in New York believes, Myron, that this means the Nets are going to win the title. I'm going to let him make the case. And then you can tell him, I'm sure you disagree, but Harrington, make the case. Hello? Make the case. And he doesn't have cell service, which that probably is why that's such a bad case. You do not think that this Durant-Kyrie-Ben Simmons thing is going to work, at least at the level that probably a lot of their fans do. Yeah, I'm going to make the case he needs to switch providers. But I think the problem with this team is – if you look at what they've been, they were 10th in offensive efficiency last year, 20th in defensive efficiency. You just can't win a championship uh, if you're not a good defensive team. They're not a good defensive team, even adding Ben Simmons. And I just don't see how it all works. They need a third scorer. Like, that's what the NBA is. Those are the difference makers. That's why there's such an emphasis on Russell Westbrook and what's happening in L.A. Championship teams need that third guy. Ben Simmons isn't that can scorer. Seth, can Seth's Curry I don't think be he can there. be. Seth Curry's a great fourth guy, maybe fifth guy, but he's not going to be your number three. I don't think they're a top four team in the Eastern Conference, let alone a championship contender. They're not better than healthy Milwaukee with Chris Middleton. They're not better than Boston, which just went to the finals. They're not better than a Miami team that was the number one seed in the East, despite Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo being hurt for chunks of the season. Well, can I play? Let me play devil's advocate Go ahead. for a second. Because I want to give two assumptions, one of which – is maybe unlikely. Let's assume you get peak Kevin Durant and peak Kyrie Irving, okay, and that there's no distraction. I know that's extremely unlikely, but let's just say it happened. Let's say that Kyrie Irving says, you know what, I can take a year off from the vaccines and the flat earth, right? Yeah, yeah. Then let's say Ben Simmons plays – the best version of Ben Simmons that exists, whatever that is, not the one not taking shots, but when he was rookie of the year, et cetera. The third best option for Boston is Marcus Smart. Ben Simmons can't score as much as Marcus Smart, but it's not a huge downgrade in scoring. If that's the third option in Boston and they were two games from a title, why can't that be true for Brooklyn? They can't guard anybody. I mean, that's why. They're a terrible defensive team. And that's going to hold them back. I also think that scenario, to, to your point, it's ideal. It's just never going to happen, right? You're never going to get all these guys on the same page. I don't think they're better than healthy Philly if James Harden is dialed in, if he's as focused as he appears, appears to be. Like, I just – I'm not sold on Brooklyn. And I'm not sold on the drama that now is definitely going to be a part of this storyline. They couldn't handle good times, Matt. They're the ones that picked this team. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving said, listen, we're going to New York. You all think we're going to the Knicks. Nope, we're going to Brooklyn. This is our team. Yes, there were injuries early on, but when they got together, there was just drama. They said, okay, let's go get James Harden. You go out and get James Harden, and that doesn't work out. 
What's going to work? Like maybe just those two dudes are the only two dudes in the league who can play together and they're not really capable of playing with other people. And that's the problem for those two. They ain't going to win anything, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. They won't win a championship. They won't get to a finals as long as they're together. I will guarantee that. Guarantee. Guarantee that. Guarantee has been called. Kevin Durant is not taking Brooklyn to the finals ever. Let me ask. Oh, wow. Okay, He's let me not ask doing you this. it. Do you, I mean, those two guys at their peak are absolutely amazing scores, right? I mean, they're amazing scores. Two of scores. the best, yeah. And so you put those two guys together, it's a very, very difficult matchup, and we really have not seen it. I mean, that's the thing is we we really have not seen them more than a handful of games be able to play at their peak. Could it be that Durant and Kyrie might be humbled even a little bit by what this happened? Because they both essentially said, get me out of here. And it was clear that neither of them had value. I mean, they had, or at least they have value, but they don't have the value that probably they thought where everybody would move heaven and earth to make it happen. Could that humble the two of them at all? I don't think they're capable of it. I mean, I don't know you humble a guy who – and Kyrie Irving started his time in Brooklyn saying, we're all going to be the coach, and referring to Steve <laughs> that Nash. That is a tough start. And then I don't know how you humble a guy in Kevin Durant who went to the front office and said, it's me or these guys. Like, decide who you want to keep. If you don't keep, if you don't want them, fine, but you're not going to keep me. I just don't think it's the – it's not the attitude. It's not the emotion. It's how those guys play. You watch Milwaukee. Shorthanded without Chris Middleton, still battle Boston. You know why? Because there's a team component in the way that Giannis plays. You saw Boston and the way they brought so many guys. Like, that's how you have to play. Miami and how they fought through injuries and still found ways to win. That's the key in the NBA. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have guys who maybe don't play great for a stretch. These two guys aren't capable of making everybody else better, and that's going to be their problem on the court together. 888-SAY-ESPN, if any of you disagree with Myron's thing or uh, if you have strong thoughts about yeah, if you want to be the person taking up for Kyrie, I think there's fewer and fewer of those. Is he the player? Do you think he is the player in the NBA that gets the least benefit of the doubt? Yes, and he's probably and the one deserved that deserved it, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. I just don't know what his goal has been. I mean, other than to be a distraction, which he's achieved. That. Well, no, I think his goal is that he be- he's one of these guys who believes he's smarter than everybody. Yes, he does, else. and he and he he believes he has a level of insight that we mere mortals cannot understand. Yeah, and it's laughable. I mean, I'm not saying the guy's not smart, but like. When you look at me and say the earth is flat and you just don't yeah. get it, yeah. like, what are you talking about? You <laughs> exactly. mean, what do you mean I don't get it? You mean yeah. all of humanity doesn't get it except exactly. you and a few kooks on the exactly. internet? Like, at some point, I can't take you seriously, and that's where I am, at least with Kyrie. Eric yeah. is in Michigan. Are you on Myron's side, or do you think he's wrong? I am 100% on Myron's side. Thank you. It, KD and Kyrie are both individuals. They'll never be part of a team. KD, I don't – I'm going to push back on you on that. I mean, both of them have won a championship. Being part of a team – I mean, you could argue Kevin Durant was part of the best team to ever play in a season, and he played team basketball. So I don't really think that's fair. Yeah, They were, they were both second fiddle. KD, it, it makes my point even stronger that Steph Curry is a top five player of all time to take KD with him. And LeBron, 
carried Kyrie. Well, first of all, I did. I, pre- I appreciate the call. I mean, in in the Golden State fans' hearts, Steph Curry was number one. But as a player on that team, Kevin Durant was number one. Kevin Durant was the the MVP, but I think people underestimated the room that Steph Curry created. I think that's for true. Kevin Durant. Draymond Green was on the podcast and said, "I think the smartest thing about Kevin Durant that anyone said." He said he thought when he left for Brooklyn, it was a big mistake because Kevin Durant just wants to play ball. He doesn't want to do the other stuff. He's not good at the other stuff. And then he goes to a place where that's all he has to think about is the other stuff. And I think that's a big part of why he's struggling. The same with Kyrie and LeBron. LeBron handled so much that Kyrie could focus on ball. Now you got two guys who aren't really built that way being the leaders of a team, and that's problematic. I'm not far be it for me to argue with Draymond, the head of media in the 21st century. (laughs) But But I would say... I don't believe Kevin Durant just wants to ball because he's on Twitter 24 hours a day. Like, I don't think there's any player in the league that the clutter is a more part of his existence than Durant. So it's hard for me to say, this is a dude who just wants to ball. Well, here, here's how you do that. Stay off of Twitter. Don't create burner accounts. And he doesn't do any of that. So I don't believe he just wants to ball. I, I don't believe that at all. But where else do you see that dude? I mean, like you don't see. Well, he doesn't like, like the party. Movie but he... premiere. I, I know, but I think what what Draymond's point was, he's at his best with basketball and Twitter. At that, like he's at his best. <laughs> what a, when he's what a just, existence when he's just playing ball, man. He's like, at his best when he tells Eric four seven three six one two four to stuff it. That's exactly. what Kevin, where Kevin Durant exactly. is at his absolute uh, best. Well. We'll get to more of this, 888-SAY-ESPN. And then also, there was a story on ESPN from Bill Barnwell, the five teams most likely to improve on their 2022 season in the NFL. We will go over them and tell you whether or not Bill Barnwell is smarter than us or he's completely incorrect. That's next here on Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It is Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf filling in, 888-SAY-ESPN. We are taking your calls about all things in sports, including Kevin Durant. But Josh in Iowa has been hanging on for an hour, Myron, upset about our comments in the first hour about Iowa and its baseball heritage. And a man who's willing to wait an hour to say something to take up for his state is a man i got to at least give his shot to. So, Josh, go for it. Hey, what's up, guys? How are y'all? All right, we're great. What do you got? All right, I'm going to give you a suggestion with this person, and if you like my answer, I want you to answer a quick question for me with my beloved Murray State Racers, because I'm a Kentucky guy. All right, but it's got to be quick. This is way too much setup. Go for it. (laughs) All right. Okay, you said it earlier, but Bob Feller, eight-time All-Star, three no-hitters, played with Niall Kinnick in high school, who won the Heisman Trophy, and was the first professional baseball player after Pearl Harbor to go into World War II and wow, Hall of Fame okay. in nineteen impressive, isn't it, Myron? The first yeah. one to go to World War II, that's right. So, But somebody already said that. Well, I know, but I've been on the phone for an hour. 
<laughs> well, there you go. All right. Well, listen, I, I, I hope Murray State does well for you, but I hope you understand on national radio, I can't talk about the Murray State Racers for a second. I like Steve Prohm. I, I like Steve Prohm. Steve Prohm's return is a good thing for you guys. It is good. Thank you very much. Murray State's a nice place. You ever been to one of the games there, uh, Myron? I haven't, man. I've, I've been to a game not there. I've been to a Murray State game, though. I went to a Murray State game with Ja, and it was awesome. So uh, yeah, Nice. Yeah, I went to one, too, with him. Yes, he was a lot of fun to, uh, watching job play. All right, so let's go through here. We'll get back to phones. Let's do the NFL teams. Bill Barnwell said that there are five teams most likely to improve this year in 2022. I'm going to give you their record last year. You tell me if you agree with Bill, they will improve. Buffalo Bills, 11-6 and six last year. Are they better this year? I will say yes. But I don't know by how much. I mean, 11 wins, uh, it's a lot, you know, in this crazy NFL where, you know, there are 20, I think, really good quarterbacks. Anything can happen. But I do think they're the team that I would pick to win the Super Bowl. So I would say that that makes a lot of sense. I think Josh Allen gets even better. Uh, He has so many weapons at his disposal. And you can just see this being the most high-powered offense in the entire NFL. Uh, And that defense ain't nothing to play around with either. So I I like them with a slight improvement. I think it's a big improvement. I think they went 14. Ooh, I think they 14 and 14 three? and 3. You Ooh. mark it down, put all your money on it. They're going to finish 14 and 3, best record in the AFC and host the AFC Championship game. Detroit Lions were 3 13 and 1. Are they better this year? They will be better. I mean, you know, you go back to last season and how many times they were in games in the fourth quarter. I mean, there were multiple matchups where you thought, okay, this team is right there. Now with Jared Goff, if that's your quarterback, it's hard to make an incredible jump because he's just not that guy, I don't think. But I think they'll their defense will be in better. I think you could get a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. I think that's going to give you a real playmaker on that defensive line. And some of those games they were in last year that they couldn't win, they're going to work out in their favor. I think this is a six-win, seven-win Detroit Lions team potentially this year. Yeah, they're going to finish uh, seven and ten, and I think it's and and I'm I'm granted I'm drinking the hard knocks Kool Aid. You are, I you love definitely Dan into Campbell. That. I love everything about him. I love when he says, "Come on, man," and he just like does his <laughs> stuff. I like Eric. I like Deuce Staley. I like that whole team. So I'm all in on them. I think they win seven games and improve. The Baltimore Ravens were eight and nine. Are they going to be better? I think the Baltimore Ravens were eight and four when Lamar Jackson was healthy. And then everything went south when, when they lost him. I think you got a Lamar Jackson who's going to be motivated. He's not going to have the big extension that he wants, maybe feeling like he has to prove that he's still an MVP kind of candidate. You lose Hollywood Brown, but Minnesota's own Rashad Bateman, I think, will step up and be an elite receiver for him. And I think that defense, which was not good as it usually is last year because of a lot of injuries, it gets healthier. It's a top 15 unit again. The Baltimore Ravens certainly improved from last year. Yeah, I'm. I, I think this one is the one that's most likely of all of them. I yeah. mean, they were eight and four. And it, now, if, if 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 Lamar gets hurt, that's different. Different story. But but assuming he stays healthy, they're definitely a team with a winning record. So I love the Ravens. But again, it depends on if Lamar stays healthy. Denver Broncos were seven and ten. Are they better this year? They'll be better. I'm just not. I'm not sure about how much. Like I. I believe in Russell Wilson, and I think Russell Wilson is obviously an incredible quarterback who has won a Super Bowl, but my goodness, man. I mean, you go take a look at that schedule and what they're up against. They go to Seattle, they host Houston, but then right in week three, they got to host San Francisco. 
They go to Las Vegas with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. They host an Indianapolis team with Matt Ryan that's going to be better. They go to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. I mean, you're talking about going into a matchup against the Jets in week seven, and you might have four losses. I mean, that that doesn't seem out of the question. So I think they'll be slightly better, but I'm not convinced that this is a playoff team. I'll give them nine and eight for this season with Russell Wilson. That's definitely an improvement. It I is. think I was going to say seven again. But then when you read really? that schedule, I actually had a different view than you. Okay. That's actually easier than I thought it was going to be. I, I mean, I assume playing in the AFC West that they're going to have six really hard games. And then depending on the other divisions they get. But when you tell me they get the Jets, which means they get the Dolphins, right? When you yeah. tell me they get that section, then I, I feel like they've got a good shot against the Texans. And when they get all – I feel like why can't they be good? I'm going to actually say they win eight or nine uh, just like you. And we'll finish with the Jacksonville Jaguars, three and 14. Are they better? Can't get worse. You know, I mean, I, I count again. I go after Trevor Lawrence and I think – all the things he had to think about as a rookie, you know, as if that wasn't enough pressure. Now you got to make sure your coach is getting on the plane to go home. It just was unfair to him. Uh, all of the drama, he won't have to deal with that. New coaching staff, experienced coaching staff. We know what Doug Peters has done in the past. Uh, now they've lost, I believe, all their preseason games, but I don't buy into that. I, I think this is a team that will get, you know, six wins. I think that's possible. Uh, they still got a tough schedule. I think Trevor Lawrence still has a lot of room to grow. But I think he'll be able to focus in ways he just couldn't last year with the Urban Meyer drama. Yeah, I think they're better because they can't be worse. But I still think they're like 5-12. and 12. But that's yeah, still better than 3-14, and 14, and that's the game. And so, yes, I think they're better. 888-SAY-ESPN. Uh, David is in Minnesota. Quickly, David, you have the reason the Nets aren't going to be good. What is it? It's because of Steve Nash. And, 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 and Byron, I, I think you're a great analyst. I love the way you did Boney James the other day. But I figured out I think you're uh, just a hater um, <laughs> because, well, one, you you know, Todd Bowles, you dogged out Todd Bowles yesterday. No, but, I just said he didn't have a lot this. of personality. That's all. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So He's so, like an but, audio book reader this, is what he is. If, He's like an if, audio book if, narrator. If this, That's all he is. If, this was, if, if Steve Dash was Doc Rivers, he would have been fired by now, right? And – well, I think you listen. I, I don't. We'll see if you end up being right. I don't know, but uh, he's certainly in a tough spot. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. It's all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. More Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz the podcast. It's Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf filling in. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are ready to talk some football with Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN's NFL analyst. And, Tim, I got a lot of quarterback questions for you, Myron and I do, but let's start with this. The greatest of all time is back in training camp uh, after an 11-day hiatus. How good does he have to be? for the Bucks to be a Super Bowl contender? Does he have to throw over 5,000 yards? Do we have to have like a legendary Brady uh, season, or can he just be average? Well, I think he can be average for, for Tom. You know, I don't, and I don't think the, you know, the stat that matters would be you know, throwing for over 5,000 yards. I, I think the stat that would matter would be that he continues to protect the football, um, you know, which obviously – you know, it's just something that helps protect the defense. And, 
you know, certainly leads to more points when you're protecting the football. So I, I think that's the bigger key for me. And I, I will say, I feel like people are really, you know, it, I guess interested, reacting to, you know, this 11-day break in the middle of the training camp. There's no doubt that that's unique. But I also think there's an element for a player of his age where this is a good thing. I mean, remember when Brady missed four games uh, because of the deflate gate situation, like he came back and it appeared that he was refreshed and he finished the season strong, had an amazing year. In fact, they won the Super Bowl. So I, I do think for a 45 year old quarterback an 11 day break in training camp may actually end up being a blessing to Scott. We're hearing a lot of positive feedback on Kenny Pickett. What, what's the ideal situation for him? He starts week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, or they give Mitch Trubisky a chance, and then he comes in at some point down the line to be the starter. Yeah, I mean, ideally for him, like would it be good for Trubisky to start, maybe, you know, have a hiccup game, and then, you know, everybody's excited to see Kenny? Like that might be the best thing from, a, you know, I guess an emotional standpoint for him. But I, I really believe that he's – ready to play. Okay. You know, I said this this morning, he is older than every quarterback drafted in the 2021 draft in the first round. He's older than all of those quarterbacks. He is actually older than Jalen hurts. Who's going into his third year. (laughs) Kenny Pickett, you know, because of the COVID season got another year. He basically was a professional quarterback in Pittsburgh, just, he was playing for the University of Pittsburgh last year. Um, and so when I look at him, he, you know, he's a guy with nearly 50 college starts. He wasn't drafted on potential. He was drafted because of production, and he's kind of a polished product. And, uh, you know, so with that being the case in, in the window that you have to evaluate first-round quarterbacks, I, I would I, – like, I don't think I would be trying to create some type of developmental process for him. I think he's experienced that already, and I would play him sooner rather than later. Let me ask you about two guys. Two seasons ago in college football, the two biggest stars, two of the biggest stars were Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Last year was kind of easy to forget about both of them because the teams were <laughs> not very good and there were other things going on. At the end of this season, do you think – I'm not sure either of the teams will be good, but do you think we will feel better about these two teams and these two quarterbacks' progress at the end of the year? Do you expect major improvement from those two guys? I think we'll definitely feel better about both prospects. Um, In terms of do we feel better about both teams, you know, I, I believe that we'll feel better about Jacksonville. You know, in terms of Chicago, I think that if, if, if we feel like, you know, we're seeing progress from that team with an anticipation of, you know, the personnel kind of turning over and getting better as well, then then I think we'll have that same feeling. Um, I I think that your assessment of kind of their situations and being able to kind of just toss it, you know, away and say, look, let's regroup and and start in year two and, and start over. I think it's fair for both guys. I really do. Um, and, look, I, I was on the record when those guys were both coming out. I thought that, that Trevor was the best prospect. I'm also on record as saying that I, I think that uh, Justin Fields has the talent to, to be an MVP 
caliber player. So um, I think they're both guys that you absolutely can build around. I think the, uh, the team, the environment, the coaching should all improve this year compared to last year. And with that, I think you should start to see some success for both of those guys. Tim, how much of this uh, Kayvon Thibodeau conversation is about the hit and whether or not it was dirty? And how much of this conversation is about the level of player who was injured in this unfortunate incident? Yeah, I think level of player, the team that he's on. To be honest with you, like the reaction to it, I think has been absurd. Like, I, I don't know if there's another word for it. I mean, the reaction to it has been absolutely absurd. Um, just because, you know, people are calling it dirty. I think someone referred to him as a coward. I mean, the, the, it is a legal play. The, the play is split zone. So everyone's heard of, of zone run blocking. Well, all split zone is split, meaning split flow. So you can run it out of two backs in the backfield where the, the non-ball carrier is working away from the offensive line. Um, you know, split zone can also be run with a tight end kind of in a wing position as Cincinnati was running. Um, and that tight end, H-back, whatever you want to call him, is, you know, he he's tasked with digging out the backside. And the backside end, you know, when the tackle blocks down, he squeezes. So it's not an easy block. And it's easier, you know, for a tight end, especially an undersized one, to go low. And it's a legal play. It's in everybody's offense. It's how the entire National Football League blocks, you know, a split zone. And so I just think that the reaction to it is somewhat shocking to me from people who, you know, I think have a platform to talk about football. So, so in saying all of that, I do want to point this out, and I think that it's important for people to, to understand about how the game is changing. You know, the NFL uses a tight end to tight end box in terms of, you know, kind of defining low hits on players. College football this year has a, adopted a tackle to tackle, you know, a tackle box low block rule. And so that block is actually an illegal block in college football this season. It's not illegal in the National Football League, but it's illegal in college football this season, which is a new rule. And I would say that it's not dirty. It's certainly legal right now. But I do think it is a play that is probably not in the game in a few years. I'll get you out of here with this. Let's say you were trying to decide, trying to make a guess on Jimmy G. He's not going to play for San Francisco unless mm-hmm. Trey Lance gets hurt. Does he play for a team outside of San Francisco and get on the field in a regular form this year? I think he goes somewhere as a backup. So I think the only way that he ends up um, playing somewhere is, is because of injury. So forecasting that, obviously, you could, you know, I mean, that could happen to any team. But I, I think it's only by way of injury, and which is just, it just goes to show you you know, how the timing can, can be such a challenge. The problem is it's like find the landing spot. You know, what, Seattle would be the, the closest shot at finding a landing spot for him. Um, I mean, to me, that would be the, the closest guess at this point, you know, barring, you know, there not being an injury. And with that being the case, look, there's going to be some type of, um, you know, learning process with wherever he goes. So I, I think, you know, this is, you know, the shoulder surgery and the timing of this was, was really unfortunate luck for Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN's NFL analyst. Good stuff as always. Appreciate it. Jesus. We are going to finish this night with a little thing Myron likes to call quickies. That's next right here on Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It is Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf, we've had a fun night. I hope you folks have been having fun with us. Except 888-SAY-ESPN. I'll tell you who's not having fun, the Iowa Little League team. I said at the beginning that I didn't believe that the Iowa Little League team the Little League World Series is not real if a team from Iowa wins it, and they're getting crushed, proving my point that if 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 when you have sports, unless it's amateur wrestling, Iowa does not do it better than any other state. Well, I mean, Texas is pretty good. I mean, they're playing a t- I That's think what Texas I'm saying. Texas, yeah, I can understand. If the winning yeah. team is from California, Texas, Florida, I get it. If yeah. it's from Iowa, I think the whole thing is a little suspect. They got to bring in that twenty-four-year-old who was hitting earlier. That's true. He's shaving right now. <laughs> he had he had to work a shift at the bar tonight, so he'll be there. He'll he'll be back a little bit later. But now it is time to end the show as we always do. It's time for quickies. Quickies with Spain and Fitz. We get in and out of topics fast. Well, let's get started. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud is the consensus Heisman favorite at sports books. He is plus. 200 to win the Heisman, followed by Bryce Young at plus 430 and Caleb Williams at plus 700. However, the money is going on Will Anderson Jr., the most bets for the defensive player for Alabama. His odds much higher, but does that make sense to you, Myron, that people want to put the money on the defensive guy? Not since Charles Woodson. I love it. I mean, because I feel like you know, we're in an era where we just know so much more with all the metrics of, of the impact of a defensive player. Will Anderson was a, a guy that was on everyone's radar last year, and here he is. I think this could be his year to kind of have that moment. But it's just so hard to 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 win over a quarterback. I mean, the Heisman Trophy, especially in this era, is for the best quarterback in college football, right? Sometimes as a wide receiver, a running back hasn't been in there for a while. So it's going to be hard for Will Anderson to break through. But I think if there was anyone who could follow Charles Woodson – uh, it's this uh, monster from Alabama who I think is going to have the biggest impact in college football. I don't know if that's going to win him the Heisman, but it's certainly going to make him a legit candidate for the award. The problem for him is that Woodson won in part because he was able to score touchdowns. That's right? True. He was able to run t- run kicks back. He was able to like catch interceptions and go. It's going to be harder for Will Anderson to do that. But he's got the first step, which is you got to have a lot of hype. So that has happened for him. So now that that's happened, he's going to have a better chance maybe than most defensive guys would do. We'll stay in Alabama. You probably were sitting at home. It's time. Oh, I'm sorry. What's next? Quickies. Sorry. You you skip over that. They get very upset. No, we got it. If you stay in Alabama. You can just keep going at that point. Well, I mean, I just don't no, want we wanna... I, listen. There's a whole thing to radio, right? Like you got yeah. you got the you got the sound and the product. We I want everyone on the show we'll to do feel it right, a man. part of this, right? The production yeah. team, those of you in tech, we're all part of this. We want to do it right? That's right. Nick Saban, you probably were sitting at home thinking, "Man, I feel like he's underpaid." Well, good for you. He has been given a raise, eleven point seven million dollars a year. He will make for the next eight years through twenty thirty. If he stays the whole time, it'll make him 78 years old at the end of the contract. Uh, he now will make $29,200 a day 
as the coach of Alabama. For comparison's sake, tuition for an entire year of school at Alabama is $26,500. So they will pay him more than a year of tuition at Alabama every day. What do you think about the Saban race? Probably not enough. I mean, if not you think enough. about the yeah, I mean, if you think about the impact he has on that entire area with what Alabama football is, I mean, you could justify paying him even more. Now, I don't know if he's going to coach to 78, although Jim Beheim at Syracuse is 77, will turn 78 in November, so you never know. And I just don't know what else Nick Saban does. Doesn't strike me as a guy who wants to be on TV or anything like that, so maybe he plays out this uh, entirety of the contract. But, yeah, you could you, – the numbers are gigantic. But for a guy who runs that program and its impact on that entire economy, that entire state, you could pay Nick Saban even more, and it would still make sense. I think we all have to readjust our minds – yeah. You're not to big into college pe- coaches. You don't want to pay them. I know that's your thing. No, no, I'm, no. I'm just saying I think we all have to readjust our minds to what all these folks in everything are about to make. Because the next set of television deals yeah. are going to make it to where – I mean, there are going to be NBA players making $75 million a year soon. Mm-hmm. There's going to be NFL quarterbacks making $60 million a year soon. And now Nick Saban – and so in that context, Nick Saban being 11.7 isn't crazy. Mm-hmm. I just think – especially in basketball where the sport where there's just fewer players for the amount of money they're going to make, you're about to see insane salaries. And so whether or not they're worth it, I mean, that's theoretical. If somebody pays it, then I guess they're worth it. What's next? Quickies. The 2023 NCAA Women's Championship game will air on ABC for the first time. This will be the very first time on network television for any women's title game or any women's national basketball title game it has been on espn for nearly two decades do you like this news bring it i love it i love it for the sport um it's going to air not in prime time i think 3 p.m eastern um there will certainly be a gigantic audience uh, women's basketball clearly the audiences continue to grow so many incredible storylines this year you could have caitlin clark at iowa you could have Aaliyah boston lead south carolina back to another championship uh, just so many stars uh, throughout that sport, and I'm glad that more and more people are going to see it now that it's going to be on ABC for the first time. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really nice it's on ABC. I I wish it was still at night because I feel like that, that has become sense. appointment viewing for people that like that 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 Tuesday night after the men's title game, you have the women's title at night. I, I, that generally speaking has been has worked really really well. So I hate to see that end. This is going to be like on Final Four Saturday, right? Or is it going to be on Sunday? I think it's Final Four Saturday. I think that's – Yeah, so they'll lead into the Final Four. I don't don't love that date because I don't feel like it's going to get the attention it deserves. But I do like that it's on a network. That's good. I still think, though, there's value in that uh, primetime slot. What's next? Quickies. All right. Los Angeles Dodgers Walt pitcher Walker Bueller went under underwent sec, his second Tommy John surgery today, doing a flexor tendon repair. Now, Myron, you can recover from this. It's happened to two has happened before, but do you worry about one of the better pitchers in the game having to deal with this at age twenty eight, the second one? Yeah, I mean, anytime you hear it the first time, yeah. Technology has advanced, so now, like when you hear Tommy John, it's not it's not the end of their career. Remember, it used to be, I and mean, when you would hear that in the in the two thousands, the nineties, like that was it. So certainly, we've watched a number of pitchers come back from it, but to hear that he's going to have it for a second time at that age, he has enough time on the back end to recover. 
but it's certainly fair to wonder if he'll be the same pitcher just because uh, that's such a serious procedure for the first time to do it a second time. I don't think anybody obviously would wish that on anyone. Um, I hope he comes back, but I certainly understand why everyone is concerned about the impact of this second Tommy John surgery. Yeah, he's a Lexington, Kentucky kid, so I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and uh, been a great player. I hate it, man. He's going to be out probably all of 2023 as well. Yeah, so, I mean, we're yeah. looking at 2024 before we see him pitch again. That's a shame. And then we'll finish with, of course, if you were on social media, you saw this big video today. Well, wait a minute. What's next? Quickies. See, you got to make sure you get yep. it in there, Myron. I mean, I, I like that it. wasn't the smoothest, but I just no, it worked you. though. Nah, everybody we to it. We're trying to we're trying to make everybody feel valuable. Yeah, that's Yan- all we're a Yankees doing. fan was posted on social media drinking beer through a straw, which is weird enough. But his straw he created with the straw by poking a hole in his hot dog. He took a, his straw, poked a hole in his hot dog, and drank the beer through the hot dog straw. What did you uh, make of that? It's ridiculous. At the same time, I hope that man gets some of the proceeds from everyone who's going to copy that, you know, starting now. I mean, you're going to see this at bars on Friday night, people uh, finding a way to do this. So I just hope he's involved in the profits from this. But it's a a crazy idea. I would never do it. But I just hope he gets uh, what he's due for making this thing go viral. How do you even come up with something like that? See, but that's what I like about it. I mean, everybody was online going, arrest this man and blah, 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 blah. I think he's unbelievably creative. I mean, it's 2022. People try to do everything. And everything's been done. And he did something new. And I think we should celebrate that instead of – and you're right. He should get some of the money that everybody's going to make off of him. And he won't. Somebody, somebody's already doing that, and it's just not. He'll Which be is unfortunate. Well, Myron, we've had a fun two days together. Yeah, Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.